0: No good deed goes unpunished. My usual advice to most people is don't get mad. Get even. The most suit diagnosis on
1: the planet. We, Both parents don't want the kid to be there for this dangerous procedure. Um, I see no reason to interfere.
0: It's February 2012. We're here at Casa Babalu, doing a recording of Risk Management Monthly. For all you lawsuit fans, you'll love this one. And uh, I'm just hoping that Yosef is listening to this in Israel because he asked us to do an entire yeah. case review, just cases. That's yeah, what he this wants. Is ju-
2: Yosef, if, if this thing goes down bad, you have, we have you to blame. He also suggested, why don't we get another person to comment on this and he specifically mentioned your name there you go so billy malin's with us yes
0: yes and, so so and we're going to do all cases <laughs> again for all you billy malin fans out there both and there must be two of them anyway right i think they're holding a convention in a phone booth somewhere yeah but uh billy is here billy how's it going these days Well, for, uh, you know, I'm sort of
1: recovering from windstorms here in LA, so I was. I already gave that that, that thing. You know, we came up and all of the trees are down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, I had a section of roof ripped off. I was up there tarping it off. You know
2: what my tree bill was? $4,200.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that was the low bid. Gentlemen, (laughs) I hate to tell you this, but most of the country doesn't care about your tree bills. So uh, let me tell you how we're going to play the game. How are we going to play the game? How are we going to play the game? I'm going to give you a case. These are all actual cases. This isn't made up stuff. This is things have been adjudicated. So we'll present a little case. Give me some comments about where you think the problems can be. We're going to talk about points to ponder and some resolutions of what's what actually happened. Now, let me make this clear. We have not been apprised
2: of these cases in advance. They've been in a, in a hermetically sealed jar by,
1: uh, held by Funk and Wagners.
0: On their porch. porch. That's right. Exactly right. So, right. so, so we're just I, here
1: for stump the chump purposes. We're, yeah, yeah, we're coming stump into this the absolutely cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. And, by the way, folks, the actual medical causes are not going to be uh, the, the center of this. This is kind of how the system worked and what happened. By oh, the way, God, the I don't want to hear any bitching, pissing, and moaning people write in. They grab me and say, well, that can't be real. The system can't do that. Yes, it can. There's nothing that stops that. So, so remembering the Roman idea of the Lex Talionis, the law of revenge. Here we go, and we will start the cases. Case number one, vomiting and diarrhea. A five-year-old black male presented to an emergency department with nausea and vomiting for the last two days. The patient was considered to have a soft abdomen, clear lungs, no other findings were noted. The child did hold down some fluids while in the department without vomiting. The patient's vital signs were normal except for a temperature of 100 degrees. The past medical history revealed the child had been normally vaccinated and had no significant mental medical problems, never admitted to a hospital. The testing was nonspecific except for a white count of 11,500. Patient was diagnosed as what, what else could they diagnose this kid as, Rick? Uh, gastroenter- gastroenteritis. Gastroenteritis, obviously. obviously. And the child was the, sent home. The most sued diagnosis
1: on the planet. The, the most sued diagnosis. I always, I always tell the residents, whenever they, they hit the diagnosis box yeah. with the G and they start <laughs> writing that G yeah. to write gastroenteritis, that, that they should stop and ask themselves this question. I wonder what it really
0: is. Right, exactly. I always wanted to invent a pen. Do you remember in the Doctors, you know, no. Dr. old Pen? No. no. Doctor Strangelove, he had one arm that was still a Nazi and he couldn't control it. Well I want and it always slap him in the head. I would like to have a pen that as soon as you start to write gastroenteritis, smacks you and the pen actually says, Idiot Oh. The again. problem
2: is the yeah. problem is that ninety five percent of the time or ninety eight percent of the time that is the diagnosis. It is and so the, there's going to be a recurring theme here of narrowing of the focus. Initially, I'm saying this is that gastroenteritis, and you will wipe out any other potentials.
1: Well, so gastroenteritis, and, it, and it's, it's interesting what it's suited for. I mean, you know, it's the wrong diagnosis in cases that are suits for meningitis, on cases that are suits for torsion. On tations, uh, cases that are suits for appendicitis, on cases that are suits for MI. I mean, you know there's a problem when the person comes back to the emergency department with the Mylanta mustache yeah, with right. CPR in progress. Right, right. <laughs> the, Never know, a good it, thing. My doctor said Mylanta <laughs> and,
0: uh, you know, it was an MI. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this sounds very benign, Case Greg. Well, come on. Okay, the patient was diagnosed with gastroenteritis and was sent home on sips of fluid. The discharge instructions read, see your doctor if not better. Gentlemen, let's ask some questions here. They use the term on that chart. At the bottom of the line, it said diagnosis. You got any problems with the term diagnosis, Rick? Oh, don't get into that stuff where you're going to make me, quote, uh, initial impression. Come I'm on. just, it's an intellectual problem that when we think we have the absolute diagnosis, sometimes what we've got is a, a, something at the moment in time when we see the patient. So are you one of these guys that says
1: it is not, it is called our clinical impression or some other? Exactly
0: right. And I and I agree with that.
1: So semantics mm-hmm. matter, particularly now. It 99% of the time it the doesn't semantics. matter. It, but it does matter when you end up in court. Exactly. The semantics
0: matter. And Doctor, so- you'd made a diagnosis. No I had an initial impression. Oh, please, Dr. Give me a break. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let me just uh, tell you that the, uh, the uh, parents kept the child at home, uh, trying to give him sips of fluids over the next five days. When the patient returns. Five days? Oh, well, actually, four bad. days, that's and they return oh, on the too. fifth. The child is morbid. IV fluids are given, and the abdomen is rigid. And is assumed that the, he has a ruptured appendix. When they went to induce anesthesia for the appendectomy, the child went into shock and died on the table. Now, this case was tried in a venue. Uh, it, it, this case has everything that you would love in in some sort of dime novel. It has sexism. It has racism. It has uh, the, this whole black-white thing. The doctor is Indian. The family is black. You can't beat all the problems in this case. And it was held in Detroit. And it was (laughs) held in Detroit, as a matter of fact. I don't know know that. That's exactly where this case was. In any event, the points to ponder. Number one, uh, or number two, we've talked about diagnosis and impression. What about the physical exam and the history? Is there anything else that should have been on this thing? And What's the difference between the phrase, and the lawyer asked this, Doctor, did you do a complete exam? What should be the answer to exam. that question? No, I never do a complete exam. I did exam. a pertinent exam. Exactly right. That The doctor, unfortunately, didn't give that answer. And listen, we didn't get this. You didn't tell us in advance. No, we, we, we did this not. It
2: was in the mayonnaise jar.
0: It was in the mayonnaise jar, and I'm proud of you, gentlemen, for coming up with the, with the fact that... We, if we ever admit to doing the complete exam, they're going to say, oh, you looked at the uh, cranial nerves. Did you check uh, all four parts of the seventh cranial so nerve? So that's viewed as a trap. That's right. a trap. That's a trap. That's yeah. a trap. You don't do the complete exam. You do the relevant and pertinent examination for the presenting complaint. I like that. Uh, the extent of the testing. I will tell you right now, this child had no X-ray evaluation. Well, in the emergency department, do you have any problem with that? No,
2: none at all.
1: I have no problem with that. Yep. I don't think that any x-rays were, I mean, th- there may be more to the story, but it, in the brief summary you gave, you I presented. heard nothing that, nothing that would trigger an x-ray. Now, in fact, I'm not sure it would have, it, there's, I, see I would nothing have triggered a white
0: this. count for me either. Right. I, there, there, that's the area where we might have had some discussion. But I can see no reason for an x-ray. The white count to me of 11,500 hey. means nothing.
1: Although I would like a real temp. I'm suspicious of the 100 temp, um, <laughs> um, so I'd like a real temp.
0: I can't tell you whether that 100 temp was done. It's not noted whether it's done rectally or orally. I'm sure in a five-year-old, they did it orally. I can't picture they did it rectally in a five-year-old. Any idea of how long this kid was in the department? The, the child was in the department for several hours, uh, and do you have any problem with giving the child flu- uh, sips of fluids? And he, he kept them down without vomiting. Any problem with that? None. None. Okay. So you don't think an IV needed to be started? Absolutely or anything not. Like that. All right. Okay. No. Now, uh, the parents took the child home, and they'd been given instructions to see your doctor, if not better. How would you comment
1: on this? So that's a problem. I mean, you know, anytime you're discharging someone, you know, there's only three things that can happen. They get better. They get worse, or they stay the same. I'm and, familiar with that concept.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, <I> like <laughs> He's got the concept right. Yeah. And
1: so, if they get better, then the aftercare is all irrelevant because you know they they got well. Right. But if they're gonna get worse or stay the same, there have to be more specific boundaries set. You know, if you're going to discharge a kid with gastroenteritis of some presumed viral, ideolo- viral ideology, then they got to you got to say something like the kid should be, you know, doing better in a couple of days. You need some sort of boundary on it. Um, five, you know, you hear the follow up five days, the kid comes back more abundant, it's ugly, um, because the kid should have had sooner follow up. And if and pediatricians got nothing better to do than see these well kids. Uh, anyway, and I know I'll get some hate mail on that. I'm getting lots of that lately. Um, <laughs>
2: you're getting used to it. You probably have yeah, some. No, I am used to it. Yes. But no. you
1: know, a pediatrician really should see this kid sooner and measure his head circumference. Yeah, Rick, um, write this
0: down. The pediatricians anyway, be have been insulted. None. None. Yeah, None. write this down. The pediatricians have been insulted. We've got nine more cases, so he, he can hit a lot <laughs> of a specialties of before we're done. Now, yeah, okay. your... yeah But me... I
1: think the aftercare was just, in summary. Though the aftercare really didn't put boundaries or limits or 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 didn't prescribe uh, the opportunity to um, follow up if the kid was doing worse in a more prompt fashion. And so that's a little bit of a problem, um, especially when you're dealing with a sort of trash bag diagnosis like gastroenteritis. As I said, if the kid's better, great. But you have to sort of say something about what to look for. There was no other comments about you know specific things for them to be concerned about, or other things like fever should that prompt more follow up, um, and so I'm a little concerned about the the vagueness. So you can have a vague chart for a non specific diagnosis, but the after chart after care better be specific. Rick, any comments? I agree,
2: 102 uh, uh, on this. Uh, one of the problems, I think, with aftercare instructions is that they assume that you can take a, a person and turn them into a little doctor, and, you, and you're going to rely on the judgment of the, of the parents, and you know it's been shown over and over and over again. There was a great study that we did in the abstracts, and it asked laymen to determine if they had a wound infection, and they would have them come back and said, is your wound infected? Now, unfortunately, the gold standard was the doctor's opinion. Right, right, of course. But- This paper said laymen were all over the dartboard. So, if you were going to rely on a layman to make a decision about infection, that was a
0: mistake. Well, uh, you gentlemen are all uh, too smart. Obviously, this case turned on the phrase, see your doctor if not better. There was no parameter. A a year? Well, uh... that's the point. And the plaintiff's attorney not only. Indicted sort of the culture of this Indian doctor by uh, it came out during the time of trial, by the way, that this doctor drove a Mercedes. Now, uh, that didn't seem to be very important as we speak right now, but in Detroit, we don't build the Mercedes. You gotta drive it like a Cadillac, you know, something like that. And what's gonna happen is who's sitting on that jury but unemployed auto workers. Uh, why? Because they've got the time to come for jury duty. And uh, so, uh, but, we- the, but the great line that, that, that took the jury away was when the plaintiff's counsel said, and he had this funny voice, sounded like this. He said, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Are you really going to throw the first rock at funny voices? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he great. said, Are uh, you really going to do that, Craig? <laughs> well, Billy, I'm here with you. I'm inspired. <laughs> uh, he said, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, see your doctor, if not better says, my people are good people, but they're simple people. Doctors are supposed to tell us when we're supposed to be seen. What was the matter with Dr. Gupta? Was he too busy looking at his new Mercedes catalog? And that kind of thing was the, those are the last words the jury hears before they went in. This case did not go well. And a million and a half dollars later, they're rethinking. Wow. Maybe they shouldn't say, see your doctor if not better. He said if they wanted him back in 24 hours, we'd have brought him back. That's what Mm -hmm. he's saying in this. So I think there is a take-home message that we tend to throw phrases out as if they understand, the families understand what we mean. I don't think they do in a lot of cases.
2: Well, you know, you see these automated computer-generated aftercare that creates a little, you know, textbook of about 30 pages. God forbid you have fever, vomiting, diarrhea, uh, w- w- uh, give us something else. And the next thing you know, they got all of this stuff that people aren't going to read. I think it's inversely proportional. The well, stuff that we had at, at um, when we were at the hospital, for, we, we had for the same aftercare instructions for over 30 years, and never in that time was I uh, aware of that any time that the aftercare was an issue. And it basically said, came back if you have any new or worsening symptoms or if your symptoms persist X days, and you would put that number in there. One well, day, two days, five days, whatever it was.
0: And I think with certain things, for example, a child nausea and vomiting, if the child's not completely well in 12 hours, just bring him back. We'll just take a look. I mean, how how much harder can it be to say he's either totally normal or we got a problem? Over my time as the chair of a department – we looked at the question of how many of these people followed up with the pediatricians that we gave them the name of, you know, if they didn't have their own. Truth is, less than 10% did. Why? Because the kids were better Right. they the selected. Next day. They
1: self selected the ones selected. that actually needed follow up. Exactly. And the, the, the other thing about this entity, even if you were correct and it was a viral gastroenteritis, you know the potential for this child i didn't your description of the ed course and you didn't give us a reeval of the abdomen or any that, of that that's another point yeah. you yeah. didn't give us any of that you know these kinds of cases need a reevaluation badly um and a repeat exam we got that the kid had sip, tolerated some sips of fluid but i need a reeval at that point i'd like to i'd like to think that the kid's abdomen is, and the abdominal exam was a little uh you just said soft um abdomen um, I'd like a little more. I, I often specifically write, even though I know it's not reliable. I will, I will specifically grunge, you know, push yeah, on right. the right lower quadrant and note no, no guard, McBurney, no McBurney's point guarding or
2: tenderness. Right. Yeah. My phrase was no evidence of surgical findings at this time. Well, so that's the
0: uh, peritonitis, the rebound, the whole kitten cupboard. But gentlemen, right, none let's none be here. fair here. Don't you think there's a lot of charts in the United States which show the initial exam and no re-exam? Right, but those kids got better. The problem is is that you're trying to chart for the time
1: when things are going to go the wrong direction. Right. And not just chart. You're pr- trying to give instruction and care that will provide. There are many things that you can miss on the first pass, and Appy would happen to actually be one of them. You could miss it on the first pass. A lot of
0: times, yes. And
1: the, 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 the <laughs> trick is how soon are you going to then find it? And so if there's a component of abdominal pain with this, then it needs to be reevaluated, And I was about to, you know, having already trashed the pediatricians once, the other th- point is is that the pediatricians also do a pretty good job at assessing whether these kids are dehydrated. So even if you're right and the kid has gastroenteritis, it would be pertinent for the kid to be seen in 48 hours to make sure the parents are keeping up with their hydration and that the kid's not getting dehydrated or things like that. So even if you were stone cold 100% right on this and it was gastroenteritis, I would have scheduled a follow-up appointment with the pediatrician in 48 hours. Now, this kid might have still been sicker with appendicitis, but at least you'd had a second chance, a second crack at the diagnosis at that point. Well, the reason
2: I asked how long the kid was in the department was nobody should leave, I think, if they've been in the department with any duration, who've got a medical issue like this without a re-exam being documented. The child is less tender, less whatever, feeling. you know, dangerous But he wasn't
0: tender the first time.
2: But the fact is that many, many of these cases... Uh, fall down because there's not a ve- re after a three, four, five, six-hour period in the right. department. At the end, there's no v- documented reevaluation, no repeat set of vital signs.
1: Now, now, so here's the thing about, and I always talk about this in terms of med-legal stuff. One of the things that irritates me uh, quite a bit, there are lots, but one of the <laughs> things that irritates me on the laundry list is when medical-legal do-gooders want to talk about how all the things you have to chart and by the time they're telling done telling you of all the things that you have to chart um, you would see you know at least three people in a shift um, with perfect charting and the waiting room would look like you know a, a
0: disaster area And then we'd have to call you an academic doctor. So right?
1: yeah, well, yeah. No, be careful. But in any <laughs> event, um, there is an overlapping area between places where you get so on average as a lawsuit occurs one in 15 to 20,000 ED cases. fair ca- fair And number. so if you're going to chart you, anytime someone suggests that you need to chart something for purely medical legal purposes, they have to mean it would be worth charting it 14,999 times so that it will be on the it's one called chart rehearsal. you get sued. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, if there's something that you can chart that provides you medical legal protection, but is also a billable service, say a reaval that's, two hours into the case that's a
2: well even if that's a billable, billable service even if it's
1: basically my point is, is that that, that to, will do it
2: trying to make sure that you're doing a good job and it's a reasonable thing to do not just because it's a medical legal thing but this person's been here four hours i better check their belly Well there's before a reason it's a billable
1: yeah. service because <laughs> it is about doing a good job and so a reeval is a billable service for that reason and so I'm interested in the things that protect you, which are also billable. Why is that? Because I will chart them 14,999 times, hoping that some 20% of the payers might actually pay me for it, and because it's good care. So the overlap between things that are billable and that are safety measures, like re are important as opposed to someone who wants to yell at you because you didn't write the time on the order or you used an inappropriate abbreviation. That kind of stuff is 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 you didn't really time not, and date your orders. Doc? Yeah, that time and dating of your orders all day long.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's. So uh, we got the,
1: the the thrust of that one was aftercare instructions. Aftercare care instructions and a reeval. I think a reeval.
0: Uh, a reeval. Uh, uh, Even if the reeval
2: was
1: fine, right? It would have protected him a
0: little bit, but the kid needed follow up. Let's get going with case number two, the escaping patient. A two-year-old child is brought into an emergency department by both parents. Uh, This is a small 15,000-visit emergency department in a rural area. There is only one security officer in the building Uh, in the evening. He is not in the emergency department. He's at the front door. The child uh, uh, has been uh, having vomiting for the past 24 hours. The nurse notes the uh, child is... Lethargic Lover The history finds that the parents are from a small religious sect Which does not believe in immunizations Um, And uh, the child has never even had one shot in In the immunologic series The nurse started an IV Physician tells the parents that because of mild alteration of mental status He wishes to do a spinal tap any problem with that? No problem. Okay. No problems. The patient refuses the patient's. The two year old patient refuse? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, f- the patient's family refuses to have a spinal tap uh, done, believing that they are dangerous. Again, they're the ones who believe all the handicapped parking outside the hospital is from the people we did spinal taps on. Okay. Hey, you know, there's a movie Spinal Tap. It yeah, frightens a lot of very, people. You know, While the physician is in a room seeing another critical patient, the parents pick up the child, pull out the IV, head for the door, and leave. Points to ponder. Does it matter if both parents are there or only one parent is present? What do you think, Rick?
2: I don't know why that would matter.
0: Okay. It doesn't matter in this case. The only thing I would point out is occasionally we get caught in the middle, in the emergency department, of various things, treatments, processes, when there's a divorce, when there's other systems going on. But what I would point out is it really doesn't matter whether there's one or two. Good medicine is still good medicine. You know, that you, it's
2: interesting that you bring that up because I remember so many times <laughs> Sunday evening. Yes, the a, a single parent would bring in the kid and they, they had the kid for the weekend and they brought him back to mom and the kid's got a little fever. Mom brings the kid in or something like that trying to show that the father is a jerk and didn't care for the child properly and they want
0: this record documented. Every I, you know, I like had so it many worse times. than that when they come in and say... I think one of the father's friends abused, sexually abused the child. And then now you're caught with having to do a rape exam and all these other things. Uh, God help us. Believe me. But that was a tangent. That was a tangent. This is one thing we don't really care about. Some parents control, um, uh, since parents have control of the child, can they legally be stopped from removing the child? It's their kid. Billy. So um, parents... um
1: Um, Don't they own these kids? No. So, I mean, that's one of the the tenets of our legal system, which is parents have responsible custodial stewardship of their kids. The state has an interest in these kids and their well-being. And so when the parents have bad custodial and stewardship, yes, you can seek a judge to hold the kid and treat them because the state (coughs) has an interest in the well-being of the child. Now... In general, um, you know, in my experience with these cases, I've had a couple times where I've had to call a judge. um, The judges, first off, who has the judge on speed dial in this rural community? Right. Second off, the judges, especially with both parents, you may not care whether there's both parents, but the judge would. Both parents don't want the kid to be there for this dangerous procedure. Um, I see no reason to interfere. But having noted that, Yes, there are times when you will take a kid away from their parents. It's very unusual.
2: Well, can't you just call the cops? This is a child endangerment. Let them kind
0: of initiate the process. I I don't know how to get a hold of a judge. If you're going to call the cops, what you better do is have called them before you present that issue to the parents. Because if the cops are there, it's a totally different situation than if they're on the way. And I think that we should, you know, this is a small department. One doc two nurses nobody else in the department and and there are potential problems incidentally
1: Uh, i'm confident that the security guard met met the usual rule of 72 yes which is that in every small hospital like this and rick used to have a security (laughs) guard like this the average age of the security guard should be 72 the uh number of pack years should be greater than 72 um, they should oscillate at about seventy-two cycles a second with their Parkinson's disease. Yes, exactly. seventy-two cycles really, a minute. You're so charitable. And uh, Rick used to have a security guard who had, uh, you know, had the shuffling gait and inability to stop. Like he couldn't Tim- even stop at the room you'd called him to when he got there an hour later after the patient had. Remember low- that
2: Tim Conway shuffle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. Tim yeah. Conway so, shuffle. So right. you're going to get no help from the security here. Um, um, and I agree that if you were going to do this, and this is a nightmare story. If you were gonna hold this kid, um, you would have to have. I wouldn't physically law hold him.
0: I would call the cops and say, "Here's the address." Well, that question is going to come up in a second. But let's say we've decided. Let Let's decide this. You are in many ways an agent of the state. The yep. state of California has said, in cases of potential child abuse or neglect, it's not that you get a. It, it's up to you whether you're going to report. You must report if the reasonable person, reasonable doctor, would have thought that this was abuse or neglect. No immunizations. The child now has altered mental status. They have a disease entity which is treatable. And lethal. And lethal and We have a treatment which is reasonably successful if given in the right amount of time. I I don't think our our duty here as agent of the state should be ignored, that it is a reasonable thing to do. Uh, By the way, now the patient's walking out, the doctor all just sort of sees them leaving. Do you think he should chase him down and tackle the dad? No, no. All right. What should he do? Call the cops. Billy? Yeah, call the authorities. That's exactly what happened. The authorities were called, uh, and and they were picked up and brought back. Who, By the way, um, besides the option of calling the cops, what are the other discussions they could have had with the parents? They didn't want a spinal tap. Well, we can treat so, them
1: without it. Right, so you can go ahead and just say, all right, we'll skip the spinal tap and go straight to the money, which is the ceftriaxone at 100 per kilo, um and uh start therapy um and say you know it looks like meningitis to me if you're you know in this child and you know you already were honing in on the the immunizations You know, you're never going to win that argument about religious refusal to be immunized. That's a parent's parent's choice. This is the
0: Jenny McCarthy. But
1: however, you can say I'm worried about meningitis. It sounds like meningitis. Your child's got all mental status. It's a serious disease. And we can treat it. We can treat it without doing the antibiotics, but your your child's going to need without doing the LP, but your child's going to need to be hospitalized Um, and, and have seven days of antibiotics.
0: Yeah, exactly. By the way, these days, with what's going on, would you give this child uh, steroids along with the antibiotics? Just as a medical opinion, what day is this? You know, <laughs> the week is this. Well, it's very funny how how dogmatic people became for a period of time, and now the literature. This was on the that, basis of some lawsuits in the past. I know it was the basis yeah, there of was lawsuits. A hearing
2: deficit. As you should have given the steroids, doctor,
0: you didn't do it. Exactly right. All I can tell you is, it's the fashion of the time. And today, it would be kind of tough to defend doing it. In the in, it, t- ten years ago, it would have been tough to defend not doing it. Um, does this does the matter what state you're in uh, as opposed you to what would like happen your in this case? Consciousness? The, no. <laughs> what <laughs> no, state doesn't. of the United no, States doesn't. you're in? This is child
2: think? endangerment, and they're all all the states have these rules about your duty to act. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just the system that in some states uh, the police can take certain actions without a warrant, that sort of thing, without contacting the yeah, judge. I don't know judge. about that stuff. Yeah, but
1: there's a fair amount of state by state variation on all is. these things. Absolutely. Um, and um, in terms of who does what, you know, in some places the authorities is is um, Department of of Protective Child Services, not the cops. Right. But they'll know who to call.
0: Yeah. Protective you know, Services have, has no enforcement power. They have to go through the police if there's, a, if there's an imminent danger. But I uh, think you're right, though. This idea of um,
2: the, that you were, where you're going down this path where you look to intervene personally in terms of physically stopping those people uh, and potentially endangering yourself, and that's not the thing to do here. You know? No. No. Yeah. the idea is to call
0: the cops. Particularly since he's a big guy and and you're a small guy and you could well, get, get hurt. hurt. They might pull a gun, you know, you, who knows what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, no,
1: I'm not going to go that way. By route. the way, would tackling oh, the uh,
0: would tackling the family constitute assault or battery and what's the difference in those two?
1: It would constitute both assault and battery.
0: What is it what is a battery is assault. the
1: physical contact. Assault is the is is the threat. threat.
0: Of. Exactly. Uh, okay, very good, gentlemen. So we, did, we're, we passed. Two for you, two, right? You, you're doing pretty well. For, for, for rookies, <laughs> you're doing okay. Case number three, a typical emergency department case. 26-year-old white male auto worker is brought into the department at a major urban hospital with a residency program in emergency medicine. One you would recognize if you use the name. Named an automobile by any chance? We're not going there, Ricky. The nurse finds that the patient is brought in because his friends believe that he has having ab- abnormal mental status, um, and he's been asked to leave a local tavern. Hmm. At the time of the nurse exam, the patient had slurred speech uh, as well as, uh, boy, this is wrong, I've got to fix it, uh, ataxia. And he was expressing the fact that he wanted to leave. The patient then uh, was seen in the hallway by a second-year resident emergency medicine. When the patient expressed the fact that he wanted to leave, the resident was overjoyed and told the nurse to sign him out against medical advice. He was one of these guys, and... Uh, this is state-dependent learning that, that I can do this. I, I, I don't want to stay here, and you can't keep me, and I'm going to call my boy here. Okay? They all know their rights. The drunker they get, the more The more they uh, have, know their rights. Uh, the only physical exam done, uh, uh, done uh, were performed by the nurse who found no signs of trauma but did comment on the abnormal speech— and uh, sta- uh, uh, station and gate abnormalities. testing done, none. Diagnosis: uncooperative patient is what it says on the chart, against medical advice. Uh, gentlemen, does the resident's lack of uh, seeking attending input constitute a felony. This well, let's, cha- let's step back one. The nurse
2: is the only one to see this person, and therefore this is an entire violation. Well, because the
0: resident saw the patient in the hallway. She grabbed him. He's going by. Did he write some notes? History, physical? No. Medical of course, assessment? No, of course he didn't. What he said was, eh, he doesn't have to stay here. He's just drunk. Let him sign out against medical advice. And now a bill was sent on this case. There's an attending's name at the bottom of this chart. Um, what do you think? D- did the attending carry out his duty in this case? Well, you know, I- I'm not quite sure. Billy,
2: tell us, th- are you responsible to see every patient, or do you make a
1: call about what patients you see or not? So when you sign that you've super- a chart indicating you've supervised the resident, then you have to have provided that supervision which means some discussion of mean? the case and it may it may mean a full exam it may mean you looked in while the resident was doing the exam it may mean you did
0: some of the elements of the exam yourself the law says the relevant parts of the exam now that yep. doesn't mean on every patient you have to repeat the rectal but the same by the same token if you're seeing somebody who you think is having a stroke then the attending ought to at least well, let me check clarify those that. findings
2: do you think that you need to see every patient that the resident sees?
1: Um, do I think so? Yeah. No. Do you I make it? Do I make an effort to see almost everyone? Yes. And and may- maybe some of sometimes what I'll see on them is the you know if a gy four comes to me and says someone's got an ankle injury what I'm going to look at is the films mm-hmm. with right. them right and talk to because them about I don't their really exam. Know the Medicare rules about supervision.
2: Uh, specifically, because I, you know, I wasn't involved. In risk.
1: Well, well, uh, there, there, are, there are again. There are very hospital-specific pl- rules and state-specific. Our hospital has a specific agreement where the residents' care and funding and the physicians' care is bundled together, so we're under a lower standard. Many places have much higher things where the faculty are actually submitting a, a billable chart, in which case they have to create a billable chart.
0: He's just hit the nail on the head. If you're going to send a bill to a federal program under Part B for a service, you see the hospital's already paid uh, in what they give the – the the federal government's already paid the hospital for that uh, physician's activity, that resident's activity. The resident's activity. They receive that money. So if you're going to send a bill under Part B – that says I gave this service, you better be able to defend the fact that you gave that service. It doesn't make any sense to do anything else. Although it's right. not so like you for, so out.
1: in that case, County is a very unique institution. Exactly. And it is. One of the reasons we talk about being at LA County is is this bundled billing. And so I don't even have to do the seen and agreed with kind of note. We can sign and indicate our supervision by simply that but that's unique even in los angeles compared to the other county hospitals but independent of billing this guy is
2: probably not a medicare patient probably has no insurance whatsoever so there is no aut-
0: no 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 he's an auto worker he has auto worker blue cross which is really quite but,
2: good but the insurance is really not the issue here right. this issue here is signing out an incompetent person no there AMA. is an
1: issue if the re- if the faculty submitted a bill and never saw the person Never saw them at all. So what we've heard is the nurse saw and did an exam. The resident uh, sort of dissed and dismissed in the hallway. Exactly. And then the attending submitted a bill for for a chart.
0: That's fraud. I'm pretty sure. Well, certainly the federal government would consider it fraud. Whether Michigan Blue Cross Blue Shield at that time did or not, I can't actually comment.
2: And it, we, you know, but that's not going to be in the circle of malpractice. That might be in the circle of
1: fraud. Oh, sure, it could. Fraud, oh, no, but it could easily answer this. No, e- no, because you could leverage that in the malpractice Absolutely. case. You could just say, how do you want to do this? Do you want to
0: go to jail or do you want to write the check? I had a Texas case where a... It go very quickly. Where a an attending actually said, well, I know my name's down there, but I probably didn't see that case because I wouldn't have missed this what he just admitted to under oath was what, Billy? Fraud. Fraud. And the plaintiff's counsel said that, said, I'll be back in in two minutes. If you do not sign over the extent of the, of the, of, of the policy, the totality of the policy, I'll be forced to drop a dime on you and uh, understand it's prison. You, you. This is a perfect. This leverage. is
1: straight. This is straightforward. This is
0: straightforward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You want. You want to write the check or, or face criminal charges? Exactly right. And uh, this. This was ugly. Um, all right. Let, let's. Let's go on with this. And, now, and well, just was... for the
1: record, you know, in my recent thing, which got me in so much trouble with the radiologists, is one of my issues is that if you're reading a, a film and you're going to bill for it as if it was a contemporaneous service and it wasn't. Than it needs to be. You know, either you need to provide the service in a contemporaneous fashion, or it's QA. It's not service to the patient.
0: Yes, it's quality assurance for the emergency and listen, Now, reading. we don't want to
2: get the emails. Yes. Yes. Come on. Okay. Yes. Come on. Yes. We don't want to get emails. But the long and short of this is that this person was allowed to sign out when they were incompetent. Correct. That is. The that long, was the thrust of
1: this case. That's, where the, that's the error the resident made.
0: Exactly. Now... The next part of this is, what are the elements of against medical advice? I mean, they had her, they had the patient sign the chart. Is that proper against medical advice? No, in, in, in,
1: against medical advice, and Rick talked about the first step, which is first the person has to have the – capacity to make a decision that's the phrase and and competence is a legal term but what i want to hear and drunk people can sign out if Absolutely. they're if they're rational and have a plan and aren't about to get into their car and drive away i'm good with it and i tell patients this all the time you know is there someone who's going to come pick you up and take you home and when they come here and i meet them and you know someone who cares who wants to take your drunk butt home i'm good with that um they can leave intoxicated. And a but fact, but an intoxicated person who wants to leave alone by their car, for example, an obviously ataxic, slurred speech person wants to go out and get in their car, I'm tying that one up. They can't right. leave that
0: way. I think the judgment is, what would you do for your brother? If you'd let your brother go, okay. If you wouldn't, why are you letting somebody else's brother go? Yeah. And, Rick, we've done this a bunch of times on this program. Just list the elements of against uh medical advice that we want to see on that chart well
2: billy mentioned that the first c is capacitance yeah. to make a decision The yeah.
0: first one is age right. by the way they have to be of an age to give uh, a, a consent one way or the other if a 12 year old comes in i don't care they're not getting out they're not of an age to be able to to dictate their own medical care So we've talked about capacity. What else do you want? Well, actually,
1: in many states, 12 is the age at which you can determine your religious preference. So, for example, (laughs) in California, 12 is exactly the age at which you can say you're a Jehovah's Witness and don't want a blood transfusion. So I would disagree with your conclusion about 12-year-olds. 12-year-olds in many states are the age at which you can adopt a religious preference
0: well that's interesting so if, if that's by the way just for the record good and it, it sounds to me like if you're making decisions like this you need a religion badly yeah. Because you're going to be coming closer to God with and, me And there quickly. are a variety
1: of presentations for people who are underage where an, they, their presentation is that of an emancipated minor, and they also can sign out because they have capacity. If
0: they meet the test of emancipated minor, but many of them do not. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, ju- just because they're a smart ass in 16 doesn't mean they're emancipated. Yeah,
1: I got that. And <laughs> yeah. then the other thing about capacity, just before we go on to the other elements of the AMA, which you're still trying to get to, yes. is that... Uh, capacity, what, the, what I see often, the residents always say, well, he's alert and oriented times four, he can sign out AMA. And I'm like, eh, no, most florid schizophrenics are alert and oriented times four. Alert and oriented times four and capacity are totally different. And the words that I like to see on a chart, um, although I haven't actually been in court on this particular issue, is that they're rational or exhibit judgment So I want either the word rational plan, something like that, patient has a rational plan, patient has a rational reason for signing out, AMA, and their judgment seems intact. I don't care if they're alert and oriented times
0: four. And by the way, it's not whether they make reasonable decisions. There are people who have perfectly good brains, and they're functioning well who make irrational decisions. There are people who jump out of perfectly good airplanes every day, Uh, With packs on their back and hope they're going to hit the, you know, the thing's going to open before they hit the ground. All they have to have is the ability to put together rational thoughts. You know, one of
2: the things about this too is, as Billy was saying, I remember one of the docs in our group saying, you know, how do I document somebody's competence? And my sense was, you know, you don't need some kind of test. Of competence in terms of a checkoff sheet, it's about it's about your medical judgment. I've seen ten thousand patients. This person, in my professional opinion, is competent to leave.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't use the word competence because it has such specific legal legal, me- legal meanings. Right, and so I
0: stick to capacity, and I like the words rational and judgment. Right, and the patient does not constitute a danger to self or others. Mm-hmm. By virtue of their current condition.
1: All right. So capacity's once one part of the. You need AMA. to know the consequences.
2: Uh, this MI, if you leave, you may drop dead.
1: Right. You exactly. Can't
2: use words that would um, soften this. You can say, "Well, you may have an arrhythmia." What the heck's an arrhythmia, doctor? Oh, you may drop dead.
0: It, it, what you need to use is they have to understand what you think in a language they can understand. To walk in and say, well, I think you've got an acute anterior infar- inferior myocardial What infar- do you mean infar- I'm inferior? That's right. I, you know, and they're going to have a superior infarct or nothing. <laughs> That's it. So but we got I th- that. think so, you got do So that. capacity,
1: next. the consequences. Next. Um.
0: Alternatives. Is there another way we can handle this? You're right. We're going to let you go. But we first, we're going to sit you down, give you some coffee, look at you for the next 20 minutes. What do you think about that?
1: No, I think alternatives are are very important, and one of the things that I hear, and this I hear mostly from nursing, is they've signed out AMA so they don't get any prescriptions or treatment. My way or the highway. And that's, I keep telling them, well, so we wanted to give him IV antibiotics for the cellulitis, and we thought he ought to come into the house, into the hospital. He wants to go home to his house, so he gets PO antibiotics, and we might offer him an IM shot before he goes. Let's start him now. Maybe we can give you an IM shot or or one
0: dose, and then you can go. It's the half a loaf. Versus the no loaf syndrome. It's not the best thing, but you know what?
1: But it's the best I can do with I can your do with that's him. consistent with you.
0: Right. Exactly. And and you should note that on the chart that, hey, we're doing the best we can for so and so. I've actually
1: you, had many people say you can't give them prescriptions if they're signing out. Wrong again. And I'm like, of course we can
2: I think the prescription that you should not give is an analgesic prescription, right. which may then blunt the worsening, of, you know, the appreciation of the worsening of this abscess cellulitis or what um, so I think that that is an issue. I think you should give physiologic treatment to resolve the problems to the extent that you can.
0: So no prescription for 50-percodin? Is that what you're telling us? I don't us? think so, no. Okay. All right. I don't know that's...
1: if I feel that same way. I'm, I think I would give pain meds to someone. Because, well, but the problem is-, is I don't really is... think a couple of Vicodin prevents someone coming from the hospital for I, worse I, No, I pain. don't think so. Uh, so so I, I, I would- I want them you know, back. I want them yeah. back. I, and I tell them I want them back, but I, I do what I can uh, to help And him. that's the
2: other thing is there is this idea of, well, you're Leaving, we're washing our hands of you. Good riddance kind of thing. And that's obviously a mistake. Well, that came through in this chart loud and clear. Too. Oh, yeah.
0: Got, oh, yeah. Don't darken our door again. Yeah. Be gone with you. Out you got to be cold. able to
2: make them feel they can come back with some dignity.
0: Always invite them back. Because the point is, Amtala says they have a perfect right to come back. If they walked out and 20 minutes later want to come back, what does Amtala say? You got to see them. They've decided yeah. to come back, so don't get. Don't but I think you don't want to
2: discourage people from. You know, there is this, there is this, subliminal anger when a person is doing this to you, and um, that's a mistake.
0: Yeah, it is a mistake, and it and it's a problem. The last thing we should put on that list is if there are family there, the family need to be involved if at all possible. My career. Uh, Experience has been The family straightens out About 95% of these problems You know uh, You know grandma We'd like to admit you to the hospital Well I don't want to come in I got a cat I've got this Just bring the family in She's got 200 cats Yeah You step outside (laughs) Shut This is not a HIPAA violation doctor No no Well it is If if somebody's smart enough to know that But what I always say is I want to talk to your daughter As soon as she says Okay You know what is taken care of. Uh, it's the rare patient. would be smart enough. Who, well, to know that, or would not want you talking to their family. The other thing is the family's there for a reason. They came to do a dump and run on on the patient. That the last thing they want. Or the family's genuinely there to hear your advice. Exactly. They w- they want to do run. it. Yeah. I got it now. Yeah, they they want to do it. So if you've got met those things, you're okay. I'll tell you what happened in this case. He stepped outside stepped onto West Grand Boulevard Avenue in Detroit and was hit by a Detroit City bus. Now he comes back in, no waiting, <laughs> no waiting. He gets immediate attention. Unfortunately, he doesn't do well and dies, and the the points, the first point at the time of trial was this against medical advice. His handwriting was so bad when he signed it they thought it was a physician's handwriting. The first expert rim shot, will you? Yeah. The f- <laughs> There's never a drummer around when you need one. And and the uh and the the funny part is the first expert for the plaintiff was a, a neuro uh, psych guy. And they said, What does that constitute? And he said, psychomotor impairment.
1: Then they asked the, the analysis of the handwriting. Yes. He That's, asked, which is complete and utter bullshit. But I what mean, he said p- was lots of people's signatures completely sober are unreadable.
0: Uh, they showed a series. After all, this is an autoworker. They showed what his usual signature is on yeah, checks and all that his kind usual of stuff.
1: signature looks like
0: then they showed this signature and they said, what is that? He says psychomotor impairment. They asked this question. Would someone like that have impairment? Of judgment as well. And he said, absolutely. So
1: what am I supposed to do? I'm signing out someone AMA. They've signed for me. And I'm supposed to say, can I see a couple of checks you signed recently so I can check the signature? No, you would to sign this guy out. Anyway. No, I wouldn't have signed this see, guy see, out. I would have
0: tied him up. But see, that's the point, Billy, that if they'd had a series of questions where where the, the guy had said, yeah, he's pretty clear. He understands this. He's walking fine. All these things. Then this wouldn't have been an issue, but the point is the only note on the chart was nursing. Slurred speech, abnormal gait, and and now they don't have a note from any doctor.
1: Yeah, the current phrase for this accounting when they tie them up is MTF, which is metabolized to freedom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's number three. Yes? That's number that three? three. All right. A lot of good points there. Okay. Number four. No good deed goes unpunished. Forty-seven-year-old pathologist is walking down the hallway of his hospital and runs into his longtime friend, an internist. The pathologist complains of pain in the great, right great toe, um, in the MP joint, uh, times two days. There, uh, there uh, had been no injury. The internist took a look at the situation and says it looks like gout to him and gave the pathologist a script for, it's supposed to be colchicine, and we'll have to get that Well, corrected. there's an error. Um, well, <laughs> just telling you what happened. A few days later, the pathologist comments to the internist that the soreness in the toe is better, but he has a mild rash on both hands. The internist advises the pathologist to hold, hold tight, and finish the medication, and he will resee him in a few days. Within 24 hours, the uh, patient, the, the pathologist, is in the emergency department with Fulman and Stevens-Johnson syndrome and shock. The patient now requires a renal transplant. Points to ponder, gentlemen, was a doctor-patient relationship actually established between these two gentlemen? Understand there is no chart. There is no exchange of money, Rick. What do you think?
2: Uh, I think the answer is yes. There was a conversation. Symptoms were exchanged, and follow
1: up and secondary advice. A Uh, longitudinal relationship. He got a uh,
2: prescription, and examination was performed. And so that uh, just because there's no formal record doesn't mean that there wasn't a relationship.
0: Let's clear up something right now for all the listeners. You don't have to have a piece of paper. Contract law says there was an offer. And an acceptance. The offer, oh, yeah, I'll give you some care. The, the patient accepted that. They continued on. They had a business relationship. Whether there was money paid or not, right. there was an exchange of information and treatment for a medical condition. So for all of you who are out there and think it's a good idea to, uh, to uh, carry on this kind of stuff, uh, just remember... Uh, it doesn't. There doesn't have to be a formal chart or a formal situation to cause malpractice.
1: However, the California Medical Board would also ding you for inappropriate record keeping um, because you were functioning as if there was a relationship without any record or document.
0: Well, so California you wrote a Medical Board, heaven forbid. Yeah, they're the ones who uh, would might even give Conrad Murray a uh, <laughs> something a pass. His, yeah. yeah, pass no, on this I, kind of thing.
2: This is particularly important for emergency physicians who I think we get disproportionately involved in the curbside consults and the nurses who've got the, you know, the cough and, you know, can you give me a Z-pack, doctor? It's not getting any better. And I think it's a real trap. I think we get involved in this, you know, um, disproportionately frequently.
0: I think that's the case, and uh, Billy brought up a good point because the California Medical Association is going crazy now with the marijuana laws and all these clinics down on uh, Venice Beach that uh, there's no... Greg, there's
2: a lot of people suffering out there.
0: (laughs) I understand that. Unfortunately, nobody does an exam, nobody writes anything down, and one of the ways they went after these guys was to actually pull the records and see who'd actually done an exam, who'd done anything before they wrote the script for the, uh, for the medicinal marijuana. It, it just didn't happen. All right, next point. Would the internist's malpractice policy cover him in a case of a lawsuit? By the way, which did take place? Um, we, we, just to review this a, a minute, he went on and uh, did poorly, as they say. Uh, the wife, however, was perfectly willing to sue this uh, internist, would the internist malpractice policy have covered this case, Rick? Um, I don't know why it wouldn't have.
1: I would think it would, although I, you know, I don't, you know, policies are constantly in flux in the way writers write them and things like that. Um, but I would think it would.
0: Let me just tell you right now that that policy had a had a codicil that said no record, no coverage. It Eww. was also Eww. exactly into the same thing as the... And it's backed up by the California Medical Association, which says, no record, you haven't practiced medicine. So what they did is just reference that in this case. Emergency physicians are even worse. Because if you work... Boy, well, you
1: think for, I'd set you up for that with the California Medical Board. I well, had no did. idea it was headed there.
0: Uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and And the hilarity of this is... Emergency docs don't understand that almost all of their in private groups, they have no coverage outside the situation for which they receive coverage. Mm -hmm. Billy gets coverage at USC, at USC. But if he decided to work a shift at the little company of Mary, there's no coverage for him from the USC. No, of course, it's from
1: the separate group. But of course, it's
0: site specific. Well. I can't tell you the number of emergency docs who think that they're probably covered some other place. And we're, we're going to hit a couple of these ideas as we come up. But do not believe in emergency medicine that you have any coverage anywhere except for the patients who are registered, produce a record, and, and there's some some semblance of, of record keeping going on here. That's why I believe our risk is disproportionately great because the internists –
2: you know i think he should be covered under his practice if they if they have this escape clause you put in there okay but fine but we know in emergency medicine that our coverage is limited to the place, place we're practicing to the registered patients. And that's why everybody needs to have a record. Whether If you want to take care of that nurse with the give her the Z-PAC, fine. They need a chart. That doesn't mean they need a bill. It means they need a chart.
1: Correct. So Stuart says uh, says just that. And Stuart always is telling the residents, one, he tells them exactly sort of the content of this, which is be careful about these situations. But Stuart says if you're going to do it, just grab a chart. Write a write a few things. The pertinent physical exam, like a great toe, you could have looked at it in the hallway. Slip your shoe off. Okay, you looked at it. Looks like gout to you. And then he says, if you're not going to submit a bill, just file the chart in a char- in a place at at home. Now I don't know if that would cover. Uh, that sounds a little. <clears throat>
0: weird. Uh, you've got to be very careful with that because then there's been no official record keeping. All I can tell you is, emergency physicians. Why need not? To if you have a co- if you have chart. a file
1: at home that's your official record keeping of these people you saw off the books. <clears throat> Be I would. I,
2: I think that the real issue here is that you need the authority to say no charge. Yeah. And once you have the authority to say no charge, then that becomes a part of the official medical record. It goes into the medical records department and everything's hunky-dory. But some p- people don't have the authority to, and the hospital is going to give them a, a bajillion-dollar fee yeah. for a nothing exam. And so we want to avoid that. I think every physician needs the ability to be able to know charges. Here's patients. the
0: other thing that most emergency docs re- don't recognize is that in groups, they often pay at the end of the year by the number of patients that are seen. Oh, we, we pay that way. Well, the only way they know that is by official records, which they, they have a number on that record. And they know they've seen between this number and this number. I've seen them deny coverage or or do something called defend under what they call rights of reservation because they said you never paid the premium on that visit because that patient wasn't counted in the, well, in the that's various a visits. dirty pool. Yeah. Well, I'm just telling you, guys, don't don't slay the messenger <laughs> here. I'm just telling you what happened.
1: Now let's, now let's just talk a little bit before we leave this case about colchicine. So it, <laughs> if, you to, if you wanted to talk about, I mean, there's, there's a short list of drugs, which you should probably, if you never prescribed them, you'd be a better doctor. And colchicine is in that list. It's next to aminopolis. Right, and, right and, and, yeah. and tramadol and a variety of other <laughs> drugs. Um, and I'll get hate mail from them again. But, but in yeah. any event, colchicine. And I remember the days I was taught when someone has gout, you give them a milligram of colchicine IV as a trial dose, like it was something like you like you didn't know what it was, like it could be tuberculosis of the great toe. Yeah. But in any event, and it really worked. It, the the patients got immediately better. The problem is, is that while colchicine helps a lot in gout, it binds really, really well to the kidney, and it's a drug with an extremely narrow therapeutic index, particularly narrow if you're IV. But it's a problem drug PO as well and Stevens-Johnson syndrome uh, I mean this drug this drug is uh, you know is a black and decker body wrecker whether it's going to give you Stevens-Johnson syndrome or renal failure or other things and so and, and now it was prescribed for many years for this indication but nowadays there are still people I still see people coming in on culture saying so like no 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 that's that's got to go the drug of choice it's got it's to go. In zone. Yeah, and then the the, uh, the other the other drug that's that's in this list, which I, I people are on all over the place, and sp- particularly for Stevens Johnson, is Lamictal. Mm-hmm. So Lamotrigine is a drug which is out there, which has its only FDA approved use is Lennox Gasteau syndrome. And for those who are thinking, what the hell is that? That's pediatric encephalopathic seizures that are partial and has catalepsy and all this other stuff about it. That's the only thing it's actually approved for. But every psychiatrist on the planet thinks you can use it for, and I told you to get another one, another specialty in there. But the psychiatrists are prescribing it for people who are feeling down on Mondays or when it gets dark early in the day or when they're cyclic, dyth- dysthymic something or other, and Zoloft isn't working. a second.
0: Pronounce that again, yeah. dysthymic? Dysthymic. Dysthymic. I actually I could that. say that word. I loved
1: it. I actually could say that word. But Lamictal is a drug for which you know, if you were to put Lamictal in, and um, you will find out one, there's support groups all over the place, and two, there's about three dozen law firms willing to, willing to take your lawsuit for your Stevens Johnson syndrome as a consequence of Lamictal, uh, as as a consequence of lamotrigine. And this is another drug with an extremely narrow therapeutic index. So here's a minor problem that was treated with a drug, gout. Um by the way, he probably was an impaired physician anyway, for you know who knows but uh you know that 's why he had his gout but um um but um but treated with a drug which causes major major problems, and so colchicine you know it's may it rest in peace.
0: Uh, case number five, it's always something. Don't you remember Saturday Night the It's not one yeah. thing, it's
2: another. It's Roseanne Rosanna Tanner.
0: Exactly. A 94-year-old white female with widely metastatic breast cancer is brought into the ED by ambulance with lights and sirens running and full CPR being performed. The daughter and her husband who were caring for the patient at home, freely admitted to the emergency physician that the woman had been severely demented for the last five years. The emergency physician, upon receiving this full information about the patient, stops all efforts and gives the family his condolences. Two months later, the physician receives a registered letter. Does anything good ever come registered letters? No, sir. Boys and girls? No, Never happened. IRS audit. No. no, Yeah, it's always bad. Registered letter (laughs) informing him. Medical records asking
1: you to sign your charts, too. (laughs) That's
0: not good. He has been sued with the allegation that he did not do, quote unquote, everything possible to resuscitate the patient. The physician's a volatile individual. We don't know any of those, do we? Volatile? Yeah. Throws the legal papers into a drawer. Next, he calls the family and bitches them out bringing the daughter to tears. He then reads the affidavit of merit signed by some doctor's plaintiff's whore who works for some major Eastern university, which will remain nameless. But uh, there's something to do with the whiff and poof song. He proceeds to bitch out that doctor and threatens to take him to the ethics committee at the American College of Emergency Physicians. That's assuming he doesn't shoot him first. He then calls the closest physician friend in the department and tells him the story and pleads his case, gentlemen. What's I, wrong I, with this I, case? Like I said, we had
2: eighteen minutes left. <laughs> <you know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Giving me here the
0: yeah. Have we given you, you enough to talk Britannica about, Britannica Here, by the way, scrunch. this is an actual case. All well, these. Who's suing this true? guy?
2: Who's basically saying the uh, this wrongful life thing?
0: Family. The people who came no in with no their... no he
1: died he 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 stopped he efforts. stopped it right and, and, said,
0: and said there's no reason to go indulges. on here so, so and it's wrongful we're sorry, death died. not
1: wrongful life
2: right so, exactly So the family were not in agreement with this that so I, I take the it.
0: family said nothing at that time uh, or at least expressed nothing but he looked at the code the patient had no vital signs and stopped everything it's
2: called that medical futility isn't it
0: that's what they call it but I mean. let's put this whole thing together did the doctor do anything wrong medically
2: medically Uh, i don't think so i i I think that maybe there are some issues about the conversation that went on between the family and the doctor
1: about what ought to be reasonably done well the well if you want to call the the calling the family calling the md discussing it with his, his other buddy friend if that's part of the medical care that's wrong no that's but the term- sociologic yeah. process but, but in terms of the you know cpr in progress no response at the time he saw there and pronouncing them um had the family been there to discuss it with them he should have talked to them about it but it is medical futility i mean this is not someone who should be coded this
0: is the only country in the world Where we would ever have had an ambulance run lights and sirens bringing this patient. And with the associated
2: risks of lights and sirens.
0: Exactly right. This doc did the correct thing. He, He analyzed the situation and said, we have nothing that we can give at this point in time, which is going to change the outcome of this case. He's fine up to that point. Now he gets a piece of paper. What should he do with the piece of paper? Give it to
1: his insurance company. Yeah, go to risk management.
0: Exactly. You can't put it in the drawer. They have time limits on this stuff. If you're listening out there, (laughs) stay out of it. Don't you get involved with this thing. Let risk management at the hospital and your insurance carrier take care of this. Now... What about and if calling he just up? The...
1: A- asked acted as a hapless victim. What are they thinking? I had no idea. They didn't say anything. Right. And talked about his recollections of what happened at the time. A million people would have come to well, his you know, defense, and, uh, is... lots of people would have defended him. But this other stuff down here is not
0: defensible. This case was going nowhere. It was going absolutely nowhere until he did what?
2: Well, he'd he didn't report it. He
0: violated the criminal law. He's now intimidated a family that's brought suit. That's a crime. Now he's called up and he's threatened a witness, the, the, the doc who filled out the affidavit. I mean, he's got some serious problems here. And let me tell you, he was hauled in front of the judge. And, and you know, he's, he may serve time in jail based on this, not because anything was wrong medically, but his behavior afterwards, I, th- I think we have to point out to the to the reader or the listeners that this is a system. There is a process. Sometimes you have to go with the process a little bit, but to actually get in. What do you think about him talking to his friend in the department about? Well, okay, the first
1: thing risk management tells you is don't discuss the case with other people.
0: Exactly. So now he he's broke got to every freaking rule. Every freaking
1: rule thing he did. Right. You know,
0: well, there's a reason I use this case as an example, because the bottom line of this case is, um, what, what what is this discussing? What is this kind of shopping around for opinions? You know what? You don't need any of that in this case. This what it is is reasonable medicine and an unreasonable response. A message sent out to all my colleagues out there. You don't have to like the current system. What you have to do is play by certain of the rules, and we will take care of you. We can take care of you. We can go back after whores who are saying stupid things and signing these affidavits. What we can't do is if you've now been charged with intimidating this family, threatening a witness, uh, You, we can't go back and, and, and save you on that thus. It's hard to believe that... Any lawyer would take this case.
2: I mean, there's no money in old people. Rick? It's, it's
1: hard to conceive of.
0: You know what? Some families can find attorneys, whether they're the uh, they're families. Called, they're attorney. called,
1: you know, Uncle Vinny. I believe there's a movie made about <laughs> right, that.
0: Right, exactly. Right, <laughs> there was. Uh, and this entire thing would have been dropped, kicked, tossed if he hadn't over gone nuclear, gone postal. Well, if you want to go
1: postal, once you're in the system and you receive the registered letter, if you want to go postal, you go postal within the system.
0: Right, So exactly. you,
1: you hire a lawyer to go after them for the frivolous lawsuit. You can do that. This one you could have gone for on so that. So this went from this,
2: a civil affair, a medical malpractice case, to a criminal affair. Exactly
0: right. There are certain acts which are civil. The only thing they get in civil cases is money, and it's not even your money. Uh, The second thing is criminal acts. And by the way, for criminal actions, your insurance company does not have to cover you. They cover you for medical malpractice. This case, his stuff, he immediately received a a letter from the insurance company which said, uh, we will defend what they call rights of reservation. Understand if there are any losses here, they're your problem for the criminal violations, because those are what we call intentional acts. Malpractice is a, it's a mistake. Nothing intended. You didn't mean to hurt anybody.
1: You didn't go to work to try
0: and hurt somebody. Exactly. But when you picked up the phone and dialed that other doc in another state and threatened him, if I don't shoot you first, you know what? the judge issued a bench warrant for this guy and and i think we should pay attention to the fact that whether you like the system or don't like the system it's the only system we play in at this moment in time it's not like you he, get an alternate Aldo's doing universe. The, the
1: you know the exhibit a for you can always tell a doctor but you can't tell him much Right, exactly uh, and and the rage here is
0: that played out is ugly oh it's ugly and and more than that, it didn't get him where he wanted to go. My, my usual advice to most people is don't get mad, get even.
1: Right. Well, that's where the, the lawsuit for the frivolous suit comes exactly in. Exactly right. And start going after the people who brought the suit and the lawyer
0: for what they're up to. Why not take the emergency doc who signed that to the ethics committee at ASEP after the case is dropped and get, get him a letter of censure, which we've done at least six times now.
2: Yeah, but Greg, remember we talked a couple of months ago about the physicians. <clears throat> this is a radiology case where the radiologist had been censured by the American College of Radiology, but continued to testify against radiologists. And when he was specifically asked about his censure, he, you know, he basically said, uh,
0: um, "It's because I have the courage to stand up. I, I, I break the conspiracy of silence." There you go. Crap, I've Sounds heard that for so many years. But you know what? Most people have a different view of that, and fortunately, so do most uh, jurors. I would understand. think so as well. Before we go, we'd really like to thank uh, Billy Malin for, uh, for being with us uh, this month. Uh, there's, there's nobody in the country who's probably got as much... Big time emergency department experience, is Billy, a, a bright guy, a smart guy. We're always happy to have you here, Billy. Yeah, Great thank you, you Billy.
1: thank you for the invite. But in, ter- but in terms of the medical legal stuff, you know, I do a little bit of it, but not much. I mean, I, well, this you is know, not this is yeah, about the medicine this is Just, part. Yeah, this you, know? is, yeah. <laughs> if you have good
2: medicine, yeah. you don't have to worry about it being sued.
0: All right, we're going to talk about another one. We've been wandering our way in California. We're going to talk about another Santa Cruz Mountain wine which has been discovered. People are talking about this. Now, whenever that happens and they're written up, you know, in the Times and all that sort of thing, the, some of the prices go a little crazy. But if you're buying somebody a gift this Christmas and they're a true wine connoisseur, uh, Rise R-H-Y-S. What are you trying to say? Is this what you want me to send you? What? No, yes, yeah, I'm going to talk to you, Rick. Yeah, this, yeah, stuff. Yeah. this is what I want. I, I don't need the Ginsu knives anymore. I don't need the Ginsu knives. Anyway, the 2009 Pinot Noir, the Alpine Vineyard, uh, was considered by uh, the person doing this review from the wine advocate at a 95. And again, comment, uh, equal to any of the great French wines. Uh, and you can buy a bottle of this for a quarter the cost of the Grand Cours-class wine, uh, wines of France. If you want to get a Chateau Latour, do that, but bring your 250 bucks. You can buy this one, a 95 for $69. Yeah, is, is it a little expensive for your average uh, wine, but if you want to give a gift of a great wine, don't spend the big money. For this much money, they get one of the great wines of the world. So uh, we're, we're closing it up now. This is Greg Henry. Rick Bucata, Billy Malin. Saying so long and we'll catch you next month. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.